Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Piber on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line. Streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com. Of course, the venerable, the OutdoorLine.com, with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. So, I'm sitting here in the studio just trying to get some show prep, and these guys are buried into the Go Hunt app, digging into where they're going to be hunting. We're trying to find water. Trying water. To find water. There's no water Dude. this year. <laughs> and we're, we're going to be hunting at like 10,000 feet. And good luck. Good luck with the Rob, water thing. Rob so, will pack a five-gallon bucket I'm of water. used to carrying water. <laughs> Joe goes and finds water, and I'm like, I'm not going 2,000 feet down there. I'll There's, just carry my water up is, there. Is, so. is Joey a water witch? Uh, yeah, he's he brings a little stick with him. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it, which he whips me with most of the time as we're going up the trail. But yeah, we were on the Go Hunt app, looking around, digging around, trying to find water in this big mountainous area we're going into in Idaho next week. And it's the same problem everybody's going to have here. Uh, the openers next weekend, and there is no water, hot and dusty. Yeah, we're we're yeah. We're, we're thinking about a set of fishnet camo gear for the waterfowl hunters yes. they're going to be out there in 72 to 75 degree camo shorts we're going with like kind of the you know the white wife beater kind of program <laughs> you know a little little tank toppy kind yeah. of thing i'm cutting That's my sleeves off cutting the neck down yeah. a little bit a little bit of a v, v there you go thing. There you camo, got camo, going on camo crocs yeah. camo crocs definitely yeah. it's insane i, I mean I'm, I'm i'm over it right i i summer was great it was fun I dropped the boat off at the factory for some pre-boat show work. I, I, I'm done. I, I'm over, you know, I, but did have a great week. We'll talk about that later. But I want some rain. We need well, some rain. Yeah. We need some weather. The rivers need some rain, too. Dude. So if, if you didn't see the WDFW bulletin this week, uh, pretty much all the coastal rivers just got shut closed down. down. 50 of them shut down. There's Jeez. no water on the coast and none in sight. I mean, yeah. the 10-day forecast, hot and dusty looking out 10 days from now. Uh, so big river closure on the coast right now to get to, until we get some water in those rivers. Once we get water in, they're going to reopen them. But right now they are they are shut down. Um, the East Bay of Grays Harbor still open. The very lower lower part of the Chehalis still open. Willapaw Bay still open. Uh, and I think the Willapaw River and Nacelle are both open, too, for hatchery uh, Chinook and Coho down that way. But the rest of it is shut down. That leaves the Skagit, I think, is the last river open up here. And it's been tough up there. Guys are still getting their yeah. cohos. But, man, it is, it's low up there, too. So well, uh, it bottom line it, is that's the only place to fish. There's right. a lot of guys up there. Yeah. A lot yeah. of guys, low water. But there's a ton of fish. Right. Just getting them to go yeah. is a bit of an a bit of an issue, but uh, that's what's going on there. That leaves the sound still. Usually, all the cohos are pushed up into these rivers. Uh, I, I know guys are still getting them in the South Sound. I've been talking to some folks, uh, you know, down in that Point Defiance area, Rodondo, down in, in front of Gig Harbor. They're still picking off some coho down there. I was with Kyle Buchanan a couple of days ago from SMI. Oh yeah, I saw that video you posted. Yeah, doing yeah. a little jigging video yeah. stuff. So he's like, on the way home, on the way back to Tacoma, I'm going to drop the gear in over there and see if I can't, you know, wrestle one up for dinner. He popped a nice, nice coho over there right. in front of Tacoma. Uh, on the way back. So there's still a few down there. I talked to another guy coming in at the boat ramp at Gig Harbor a couple of days ago. He had hooked three and got one of them. So there's still some out in the sound because they're not pushing in. Yeah. They're getting stale. Their scales are set. They're, I mean, they're getting lockjaw out in the sound, but you still got a chance of getting them. And, Joe, you got a, a decent yeah. report, too. Yeah, I heard of of some, some fresh fish, you know, some fish that haven't been around. They're still feeding. Their bellies are plugged with, with krill. 
Um, so, you know, usually we have rain and, and all our fish that were hanging out out there have flown up the river and then we continue to get fresh fish moving in, but they're boogieing because of the rain, you know, if there's any rain, but now they're slowing down and don't give up and, you know, there's still good opportunity out there to go catch some coho, run, st- maybe downsize your squid a little bit and use some pinks and oranges. And, and- concentrate on first light, last yeah. light, and tide changes. Yeah. And, and you'll definitely, definitely get them to go. And, and then once you pop a couple coho, dust off that crab gear and get those, those, get those salmon head and carcasses down because crabbing is solid, right? Oh, yeah, I talked to the guys up at John Sporting Goods yesterday. I talked to Molokai up there. He said, sure. yeah, the crab is just, just awesome right now. He, he heard a guy's getting them out of Mukilteo. He's heard a bunch of reports. didn't know exactly where they're getting them, but there's got to be a bunch of crab piled up in that area. The other place in the state right now, too, that's got some great opportunity is the Hanford Reach stretch of the Upper Columbia. Uh, I did some math, uh, you know, even with my third-grade math skills. Uh, I was able to determine that there are about 125,000 Chinook, not including all the jacks, in that Hanford Reach for Nita stretch up there. Joe, you were there yesterday with, with Austin Mosier, who's going to jump on with us here at 625 uh, to talk about that, that that fishery over there. He'll be on the water today, I, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. Him and the same group of guys I was with yesterday, Scott, Scott Haugen and his dad um, yeah. and uh, Scott's um, – buddy uh brandon um that's a fun fishery it's well, cool dude it's, yeah. dude, it's cool yeah. over there it's just beautiful there's you know it's there's chucker hills all over the place you got elk and deer yeah. to look at and there are like you can just look across the river and there's just chinook jumping everywhere yeah especially with the low water right now they're really concentrated well, in there and, and, and so and there's guys from central washington to idaho montana that all over come the place. over yeah. you see license plates and mm-hmm. and so that's like the the the, the salmon delivery system for yeah. you know, for that part of the state is there's just a pile of them going up and austin's going to be working that to the to until the 15th right next saturday yeah, hmm, that's gee, when it wraps up what why does why hmm, what, what else is he going to do in the 15th dude he can't wait to get a rifle on his shoulder yeah yeah speaking of which we're going to have mark boardman on uh from vortex optics uh, he's going to come on the show at 7 o'clock. It's going to be a glass-heavy opener. Oh, my. Okay? Because it's going to be like walking on a bag of Doritos every yes. step you take out there. It's so you. dry in eastern Washington. Even here on the west side, if you're blacktail hunting, you're going to want to sit tight and, you're gonna and do a bunch of glassing. Get your glass and sit on your... Yeah. Mark's from cushion. here. Grew up right here on the west side. He's done a ton of hunting here in Washington. Of course, he's the... Uh, I don't know. What do we call him now? He's like the head screw-off in he charge the, over uh, He's a uh, Vortex, Vortex product, Optics. product experience manager for <laughs> Vortex That's Optics. Best job uh, ever at oh, Vortex dude. Optics. Yeah. So uh, he's going to come on, yeah, talk about the opener and, and maybe some of their optics that, that might help you put a, put a tag on a deer here on the opener. Uh, and then 725, Kevin John, KJ himself from Holiday Sports up on the north end. He just got back from just an epic waterfowl yeah. hunt up in Alaska. But he's he's an avid, avid, avid waterfowl hunter. He's nuts. He's yeah, psychotic that's all about he does. it, dude. And uh, so he's going to talk about the waterfowl opener because that's happening next weekend, too. And, I mean, it's hot and dusty for that, too. So how can you get out and, and, and get some early birds in here on this first weekend of the of the waterfowl opener? He's going to tell you how about 725. I did I did see a bunch of cacklers flying around over on the east side. There, You know, there's, there's birds coming down. Oh, sure. Um, but... I haven't seen a whole lot of birds around here lately. <laughs> I so I think they're hiding out. Th- this time of year, the the snows are are starting to get in here too. Yeah, and and I saw I I have seen some snows on the bayfront, and which which is because and and that's when it's like what's that sound? And then you look, and then they're there, and you just kind of get a pang in your heart. It's like it's fall. 
his fault. Yeah. And 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 Bailey looked at me the other day and she goes, "You dirty run! Why haven't you taken me pheasant hunting yet? You got out." Um, on the reserve, on a release site, and started poking around out there. I've been out there three times, and I haven't killed a a pheasant yet. Oh, man. Chris Samuels shot like 14 now. You're way in the hole now. You're way down. He's so far in front of you. This just I'll never, I'll He's never catch up. Chris Samuel, 14 roosters in a caribou. <laughs> I think Gene Coulon Park could be the place to yeah, get some waterfowl. Yeah. Bring, bring a loaf of bread yeah. and your golf clubs. Lake Stevens. Lake Stevens. Lake Stevens. Yeah, make sure, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Any of the big parks right that's now. That's for sure. I'm, golf I, courses. You know, yeah. I, I've given up on the white bread, though. I go to whole wheat when I'm feeding the ducks, you know, mm-hmm. on, on Lake Stevens. They All eat right. better when they you feed them whole wheat. Stop no question. All right. I somehow started my week in Westport and ended up in Clarkston. You were over on the river, and, and I know Rob was ready to get on the range. Give us 90 seconds. We're going to uh, dig into that a little bit. Hit, hit up that text toy, uh, 866-979-3776. That is the Reverse Chine Hotline brought to you by Wellcraft Duckworth North, Northwest Boat. And also 866-979-3776 is the text toy powered by Yamaha Outboards. Give us 90 seconds, and uh, we'll talk more. Here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports 710, Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back, Mariners. <laughs> Welcome back to the Outdoor Line. That's Rob Ensley, Joey Pyburn, my right, Matt Nelson running the board this morning. I'm Tom Nelson. Thanks for tuning in. The 8th of October, not the time you would kind of normally associate with tuna fishing, but... Uh, when we started this whole outdoor line deal with our three-man booth was was Robbo, you, and I, and and former Seahawk uh, all-around major dude and good guy Robbie Tobek, and and Tobek's just got it bad for tuna, right? And and so he wanted to get one more tuna run in, and we looked and we saw a window, and and uh, you know Joey, let's go, let's go, no, 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 and I call Robbo. Robbo goes, you know, I'm thinking I'm, not, I'm about not going. <laughs> So, so I, had, I broke his heart too with the did. same response. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm all oceaned so, out for the year. Yeah, dude, I don't yeah. blame you. But, but it was, man. We had this nice forecast, and of course, we got the uh, the celebrity treatment from Westport, Washington, due to one Joseph Joseph Pibernicus over here, and pulled in and saw Mike Cornman and loaded up the boat with ice, just just full loaded, and a couple coolers on there, and uh, we were in the water, and he and he gave us this little love note for for Jose, and 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 we got our we got our live anchovies on board, and. And and on the way out, it, it you know I've been I've had my butt pounded before. It was a it was a nice ocean. Let me rephrase that. I, I've I've experienced some rough water over the ocean at times. It was a nice ride out, man. And 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 so and we get out there and there's so much life. And here's here's schools of dolphins have never you all dolls porpoise. Yeah. And I've never seen as many. I mean, the, there was just we get ten fifteen miles offshore and there's more birds and there's all this life and and so. We get out towards the 125 line and see a jumper. I, I should preface this with the fact that, that Ian Winder of uh, works for Mark Coleman, All Rivers Saltwater Charters. We were talking to him the day before, and his comment to me that morning was, I can't speak for today, but yesterday we had the boat absolutely plugged by about 10 o'clock. And, Jeez. I mean, that's not trolling for him. That's just getting on him, landing on him. And so – we get out towards the 125 line, about 35, 40 miles out of Westport, and saw one jump. Tobek goes, "Not nah, keep. Let's keep on. Let's keep on going." And then we slow down a little bit, and there's a boil of tuna over here, and a boil of tuna, not another boat in sight. Put an anchovy on as fast as we could, threw it down there, threw a couple of sprinklers out there, and I, I think 
every single anchovy we put in got just absolutely ripped. Did you practice your anchovy catching on the way out there? Because you got to catch them in the little tank in the back. I know you like to mess around in there, get your arms in there, and wrestle well, around. Well, you got to introduce yourself to yeah. a few of them. Okay, you know, yeah. I mean, practice. You, yeah, grab those I mean, squiggly little bodies I, and I, get I, them on there. Nelly, get I, out of the bait tank. I can't, I can't stand it, dude. They'd, some of them. Did you, you know, taste you, a few on the way? I don't even like anchovies on my pizza, but I do like them. The cool thing is, you hook them on a small hook, like a size twelve. I want to say no. Well. They're, the size trick two. is get get those ringed bait hooks either size size, two. size ones or one ons. Yeah, okay, right. But they're and not very big. They're not they're, very but big. they're sturdy. They're yeah. sturdy they're little hooks. And you hook that little sucker on there and say, "Good luck, buddy." And, and you want the one that goes down. Yes. If he, some of them kind of wiggle on the surface mm-hmm. and they go. No, you want That's that, that one. one that kind of goes down about two three feet and then and then you just see a blue streak coming. All you see, you like what, what was that? And then your reel's just going about fifty miles an hour. Your spool's going crazy. You count to what three four five just. You you, you just know when they have it. And, and the and thing of it is... throw it in gear I've and got, hang off I've for dear life. I've got these little tiny bait reels. And, Joey, you've used them. And the cool thing about it is it doesn't take a whole lot to get that spool turning because it's so small, right? And, and and just let it out. And then all of a sudden, the, it starts speeding up, speeding up. Zzz, yeah. And then you put your thumb on it and then engage the reel. And then it's then it's on. Mm-hmm. And and what I didn't really anticipate was the last time you and I went out was probably early September. Yeah. You give these tuna another month to put the feed bag on. Holy smokes. Yeah, what did you say? You guys had a 26 We had a 26 pounder. and a half pounder. Well, Coleman, Ooh. they had a 42 or 40, no, a 46 pounder the other day. And yesterday, uh, Ian. Ian Winder yeah. got a short-billed spearfish. Yes. Which is a member of the Marlin family. Yes, it is, It's insane. Tom. Yeah, I yes. know. Good that, job. Thank you. You're, you've come a long ways, Tom. They, were, they, they first introduced the fossil record in the Ordovician. It's a billfish. <laughs> yeah, it's yes, a billfish, but no, they, they popped that out there yesterday. Is it the first one ever caught on sport run reel here in the state? Possibly. I, they're going to. And it's, it's a. I mean, if they haven't caught one before, mm-hmm. um, it's a state record is what they, yeah, I think they said. Sure. Ding, I don't ding, know ding, they, ding, ding, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty neat. No, All cool. kinds of crazy stuff so, showing up off the coast. And it, it looks like this tuna bite is just going to keep going the way the weather pattern is and everything. I, I don't just, see it ending anytime soon. Absolutely insane. I mean, we just stopped on them, let the anchovies out, stayed there for the next two hours. I we, we only landed half of what we hooked. I mean, that's just kind of the normal deal, especially with only two guys on the boat, right? And mm-hmm. he was he was gaffing my tune and I was gaffing his. It was a ball. But in two hours, we had 22 in the box, and, to- and Tobek just goes, stop. We have to stop. And I'm like, no, that's I don't want to stop tuna. yet. I don't want to stop Ooh, yet. Five break. hours of carking out tuna. Oh, yeah. It, home, took right? me, it took me five hours to yeah. go through all those. But I got – but we brought, brought them home whole. And so, man, I'm vacuum packing these heads for halibut bait. The, you know the the hard center line of the bellies for for halibut bait for, uh, crab bait dude great crab I, bait just amazing stuff yeah. but the loins and i brought you guys in some loins too so so that was my tuesday then on thursday i got to take my boat back to duckworth and i thought all right look i'm going back there how much fresh tuna do you think they get in, in clarkston washington back of the duckworth factory and so some of those odd pieces i made a monster batch of pokey and brought that back there and smoked salmon and stuff like that so started out the week looking at tools uh Tuna boils, and then uh, on the way down to the factory, I'm dropping down. The, you drop down the Snake River Valley, and here's Lions Ferry, and here's four beautiful fat mule deer does, and it's just kind of all right. It's that time of year. There's no question. But you know, with the news and the in- information we got earlier this month with regard to Noah's position on the Snake River dams, you drive through that area, and it gives you a little perspective of what those dams 
involve the infrastructure that's been built around them. But now we, it's just another data point in favor of the removal of those Snake River dams once you know the the, the best science best scientists at the in the, in the federal government had recommended their removal. That just came out a few days ago. Uh, Noah just came out. Their new position is that those dams have to go. The, the lower four dams on the Snake River. We you know if we have any chance of restoring salmon and steelhead runs and dangerous salmon and steelhead runs up in there. We have to return that stretch to a flea a free flea flowing a free flea flowing, flowing stretch of river. Yeah, and I mean it doesn't mean they're going to tear the dams down tomorrow, but whew, that's a big statement, big statement. And so now you know they're kind of looking at okay, what do we need to do? How to do, do we this? do this? How do we do this? There's twenty seven hundred kilowatts of energy that needs to be replaced somewhere somehow, and not to mention all the shipping and how do we get grain you know uh, from Idaho downriver and how do we move all this stuff? I mean, a lot of transportation, transportation ports. and irrigation yeah. are the two issues so, you have to solve. Yeah, uh, yeah, big news though. Big news. It's, so we're yeah. going to reach out to Buzz Ramsey. Buzz has, has got his finger on the pulse of this deal. We're going to hopefully get him on next weekend. He's in the mountains this weekend. Yeah, he's uh, been chasing deer himself. Yeah. Hopefully, he doesn't hurt himself this year. Yeah, he, 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 he did screwed up his foot or he, something. Like last broke his year. ankle last year or something like that, and he was hunting. Yeah, by himself, but uh, so. we reached out to Buzz. We'll hopefully yeah. get him on here this next week to talk about the whole dam issue back there on the Snake River. But it's it's definitely interesting times um, here in the Northwest for sure. So yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. All right, we'll tell you what, Joey, you got to spend some time on the Hanford Reach launch there at the Vernita Bridge. They did the deal. I haven't done that in a long time, man, and it's a fun fishery over there. And a lot of people from Central Central Washington, Idaho, Montana, you see license oh, plates there are from tons all over. Of people yeah. over there, and they have this big, you know, where where you launch the boat, it's all public land. Guys can just go over, park their trailers. Yeah. They set up fish camp just like at Bowie Tan. I saw the there. big trailers. You yeah. know, they had a generator and they have their little freezer. Oh, yeah. They're over there loading up on those Chinook. Tons of Chinook. And so much fun to catch them on light gear, Yeah, dude. no doubt. Oh, no doubt. Horrible. So the echoes of Bowie Tan have reached central Washington yeah, they have, for another, no question I was like, oh, it. I saw a lot of these fish. Yeah, I, saw, I remember that, that one. Yeah, I back in you. August. Yeah, no question. Austin Moser, Austin's Northwest Adventure, joining us next here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station, 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome to the Tech Line here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710. Well, it's uh, going to be a balmy 83 degrees in uh, central Washington today. Must be time to go catch some king salmon on the Hanford Reach. De- Desert Chinook. Desert Chinook out of desert air. And here to tell us all about it is our old buddy, Austin Mosier, AustersNorthwestAdventures.com. Come on, Austin. I, you, you, you didn't use Joey as a deckhand yesterday, did you? Come on, you promised me you wouldn't. Right. Yeah. No, Joey. Joey was a fish catching machine yesterday. <laughs> That's it. Was on the boat and get, get you guys out there. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm floating around trying to put my boat on the beach right now. There was a little bit of a line this morning. So. Oh, really? There was a little bit of a line on a Saturday morning. <laughs> at, at, at which, well, at, at, sounds like fish has been pretty good. A lot of folks over there, man. Talk about what's going on over there on the on the Upper Columbia, man. Yeah, so it's been really good. Uh, we've we've been catching a lot of fish. We're uh, we're out here uh, in the Hanford Reach area, and uh, we've been doing really well. On, you know, just just depending on what the flow has given us. You know, we a lot of times I match my fishing style to what kind of water I have, and when we have really low water, uh, sometimes it's really hard to uh, back troll stuff. So. Um, we, we've kind of morphed our fishing into, you know, on really low water days where 
downstream trolling uh, with super baits or we're hovering in the deep holes with super baits and pro troll flashers. Um, uh, sometimes I even run quick fish on my downriggers. I haven't done that yet this year. Uh, I generally, when I do that, um, we're a little later in the season, but you know, we're, we're closing in on late in the season now and I haven't done it yet. So finding some good success with, with uh, back trolling eggs. We, we did really well yesterday uh, on eggs uh, with Joey in town and uh, Scott Haugen was with us and Jerry Haugen and my buddy Brandon Spear. Uh, man, we, we had such a fun day. We caught a bunch of jacks, a bunch of kings. I think we got 10 kings in the boat. We let one go because it was a little, little male, kind of dark. And, and, uh, and then we killed a bunch of jacks and and uh, we killed nine kings yesterday. It was Holy fun. Smokes. Yeah, well, we saw the pictures. Trust me. Now, Joe was talking about the <laughs> flows over there. I mean, we don't have any water in the northwest here, of course, and, and the upper Columbia is no exception to that. Uh, sounds like, you know, kind of 40,000 CFS range. But then Joe was saying in, in, at nighttime they're cranking it up to like 85,000 CFS. How does that change in water affect the bite over there if they're, if they're jacking the water up and down all the time? It sounds like it's not, it's not hurting the bite at all. But do you, do you adjust your technique as the water goes up and down a little bit? Yeah, exactly. That's what we end up doing. You know, and, and, and I like those high flows at night. Um, and, and, and I wish that they would just taper them off. You know what I mean? Instead of just drop the bottom out of it, you know, um, it's like they pull the plug and it just drops like 20 feet or it seems like 20 feet, but it's probably only about 11 feet or something like that, 10 feet. But on the bank, it looks like 20 feet. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So what happens is when they when they bump that water up high at night, it gets those fish down river to travel up and then they'll be sitting in these areas kind of holding the ones that are going to the hatchery. And, and so we'll get a beat up on them until, uh, you know, until they move on basically. And so, um, it, it's, uh, it, it's kind of nice that they bring it up because it, it brings fish in, mm-hmm. but, uh, if they would just keep it a little steady for us, we, we would, and those, we would do better on those, certain presentations. Those fluctuations are due to power demand and their sure. gener- generation. And even during the day, we noticed like there'd be a, uh, 10,000 CFS bump. Wow. It'd go from 40 to 51 or something. And just that little bump, boom, those fish would start to move, and that would inspire a, another little bite. And the other thing we found yesterday, I, I took a cooler with pretty much every product that we have at Raised Bait <laughs> just to try some, some, some stuff, you know, <laughs> sardines and mackerel, live sand shrimp, cured sand shrimp, prawns, coon shrimp, everything we had. So we, we, we you know, we're using eggs, Austin's eggs, some of my eggs. Um, and the bite was so good in the morning. It was just kind of a straight egg bite. But then when that bite died off, we started filleting sardines fresh, not, oh, not salted. Okay. okay. Uh, put some sardine on. You'd notice as soon as you put that out there, bang, you'd get, we'd get another little snap. And it happened with the sand shrimp, the prawns, the sardines, uh, the mackerel, not as much, but we got a few fish on the mackerel. But it was cool to see, like, you know, you could inspire a bite just by changing things up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, you see a lot of guys over there who are probably just sticking with the same thing all day, and you probably want to have, like, a few things in your toolbox. Of all the things that he brought over with him, uh, all, the, all the little uh, different bait choices, which one do you think you're going you're gonna to hang on to and continue to use, buddy? Well, you know, I, I've always liked sand shrimp and things like that, but the sardine thing is really good, too. I was really happy mm-hmm. with how they bit the little pieces of sardine on our eggs. Um, so... So, it, it, you know, I like all that stuff. And I've done a lot of that in the past. And, and we had, truthfully, we had a bunch of fish just on eggs, too. Um, so it was, it was cool to, to play around and, and see because 
sometimes they're just not really biting. And, and, and like Joey said, it really kind of, kind of got them going when we, we started playing around with that. So, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of places that I fish that I don't fish until the water's a certain height. You know what I mean? So I'm always watching the flow on my phone. I have an app for it, the river app. And, and it tells me what the flow's at. It, it, it's sometimes it's an hour delay. Um, and, and that makes it kind of tough, but, but, uh, I have all these little spots that I go to when it's at 73. I can fish that one really good, but when it's at 50, I can't fish it. So I'm always watching, watching that flow, trying to stay on those, those good spots, those good traveling lanes, the productive areas, um, when I can, you know, so it's a, it's a really dynamic fishery and it's a lot of fun. Just look uh, at it can be a challenge though. Oh, for sure, with the with the flows and the pressure and everything, and you know, just looking at the dam counts between McNary and and and, uh, and Priest, it looks somewhat like there's somewhere around 125,000 Chinook in there. Are they going to keep pouring in? Or, I mean, where are we in this run? Are they going to keep coming, man? I feel like they're late. You know what I mean? A lot of the fish we're getting are traveling fish that are going into the hatchery. It seems like, and we're getting a lot of hatchery fish still. Um, so. You know, in some of these areas where I fish, those resident fish that are going to spawn in that area really aren't there in big numbers yet. So I feel like it's late and they're coming, but they're just a little bit late to get here. I don't know where they're held up. Uh, you know, lower river guys are just smashing them, you know, for the last month. And up here, it's been a little bit tougher. They're a little bit slower to get here. And, you know, obviously certain people are getting them and others aren't. So, um I think it's going to be, we're going to have a good spawn. We're going to have a good egg take from the hatchery this year. I think we're going to be great. It's just, they might be a little late. And and you guys have till October 15th to get over there and do this. Um, The weather obviously has been amazing all October so far. uh, And it's, it's perfect over there. I I hate hot weather, Um, but it was like (laughs) 65 in the morning, had on a little bit of rain gear and a sweatshirt. And then by 10 o'clock stripped down to shorts and a light sweatshirt, com- very comfortable, beautiful place to fish. And, you know, obviously these fish have traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles um, from the ocean, and they're still, they will tear you up. I mean, we had that one hen yesterday, Austin, that, I don't know, what'd she run? She ran 150 feet, just straight up river. Yeah. I just stood there on the bow holding the rod up, just never stopped, just tore me up. Just fun, dude. <laughs> yes. I, I, it's so weird to go over and catch Chinook yeah. in the desert in, yeah. in, on yeah. the east side where yeah. I, yeah. I, I grew up over there. You know, during the summers, hunt. You know, hiking around and and then in the fall hunting. My uncle owned a a big apple orchard in Mattawa right there. Mm-hmm. I never fished over there. I didn't even know there was yeah. fishing over yeah. there back then. You know, so it's was, it was really cool experience. I I, I really want to thank Austin for getting me over there. Austin Mosier, Austin's Northwest Adventures, joining us this morning. So Austin, your your season, long season, comes to an end uh, on Saturday. Of course, uh, I know you're thinking about uh, some fall hunts. What uh, what's on your mind uh, once fishing season shuts, buddy? Yeah, yeah, we've had we've had a phenomenal year this year. Been busy like crazy busy and we're always crazy busy, but it just, it feels like this year was just, uh, uh, a, uh, a, uh, death march to catching tons of fish and fishing every day of my life and, and doing double trips. And, and, you know, I'm just, 
I'm, I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to do some hunting. I want to go sit in a wall tent for nine days and catch some fish. You know? <laughs> so, and they're not catch the fish. Yeah, kill, no. some, yeah. kill some see, animals. See, you, know? you can't there even get it out of your, out of your you system. You see, yeah. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm stuck on fishing right now, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to Montana. I got a Montana tag for nice. deer. I got a Montana tag for elk, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm pretty excited to do that. I love getting out and just going with the guys and hunting and, and you know, killing an animal is a bonus, but we've had good luck the last few years. I got an elk last year, and forward, forward. You're you're one of the few yeah. guys that actually got got dropped. We, we, we gotta let we well, gotta let him so go. Before before we before we let you go, uh, the next time we see you is probably going to be when we come over and uh, go start messing around on Rufus Woods. So what's yeah. what's uh, what have you heard? What's the early indication? And when do you think that thing's going to get cranking up? You know, it always is good when I get there. You know, guys are getting them already, um, and, and as the temperatures cool down, those fish are going to congregate around the pens and kind of in those areas. Um, so early indications are that it's pretty good. Uh, been seeing some big fish from some of my buddies up there, and, and I feel like it's going to be a good year. The walleye year up there was phenomenal last year. We, we had some epic fishing for walleye. Uh, that's a little later in the spring. Um, kokanee numbers, I don't know very much on the kokanee yet until I get up there, but generally we're, we're on them usually and starting in December. And December and January have been the best months for me the last two years running. Uh, maybe even three years uh, for uh, catching those kokanee. They, they seem to be stacked up pretty good before they drop that water down. So. All right. Well, uh, Kevin Gogan's promised to behave this time, so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll swing on over there, dude. Love to get over there with you in December. Good luck. He's Austin Mosier. Uh, go check out austinsnorthwestadventures.com. Buddy, good luck today and the rest of your season. We'll talk to you soon. Later, Austin. All right, buddy. Go get him. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Got Have you, a great buddy. day, talk everybody. To you soon, man. Right. Take okay. care. All right, coming up next, Raymarine Picks of the Week for the 8th of October right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Raymarine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Raymarine, simply superior. If you want to improve your sonar performance, consider adding a Raymarine sonar technology module. Clear pulse, chirp fish finders, and sonar modules. Whether your passion is freshwater, saltwater, or inshore, nearshore, down vision, side vision, and real vision 3D sonar allow you to image structure and find fish simultaneously all with exceptional quality. Check that out at more at raymarine.com. The hottest thing going on right now is the short-billed spearfish bite <laughs> off the coast. Uh, out of Westport, you want to run out there and get your billfish on right now. Uh, the guys from, uh, actually, Ian Winder yep. from... Uh, Talk to, talk to Ian from All Rivers of Saltwater Charters, yeah, Mark Coleman's outfit. Yeah, they popped outfit. a billfish out yeah. there yesterday. The first one we've heard of. They see him jumping from time to time. You know, you always see something in the distance, a big splash. And like, oh, that had to be a some you know some kind of billfish. Yeah. They finally popped one out there yesterday, I believe, or the yeah, day before. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yesterday yeah. morning. Yeah, there's a picture of it. It's all over Face Place and all over the yeah. place. But uh, pretty cool deal. You know, the coho thing, uh, we just got the rough news, and it, it's, it, it's definitely – justified that that uh, all of the coastal rivers just got shut down there's no water out there record low flows so they shut everything down on the coast there's still a little bit of opportunity down in that grace harbor area lower end of the chehalis the east bay of, of grace harbor itself is still open willapa bay is still open but man everything else is shut down until we get some water in those rivers it's going to stay closed on the coast. So and that's we're not going to get any water anytime soon. No, 10-day I mean, forecast, you know? hot and dusty. Yeah. Uh, so that's going on. We're, there's some opportunity in the Sound, though. Uh, South Sound, I've heard of some guys catching some coho down there still. North Sound, you've heard some reports. So there's still a little bit of opportunity right there and the Skagit as well. But really, 
we just need rain. Yeah. Once we get rain on the coast, those rivers are going to completely go off because the coho runs are solid. Uh, they just need some water to, to get them up in those rivers. So that's going on right now. Uh, the hunting opener is next weekend. We've got to talk about that a little bit because what's that going to look like for the duck hunters? I mean, we got it's going to be 70 degrees, you know, uh, lows in the 50s uh, overnight. So it's going to be a first thing in the morning deal and an afternoon deal. Yeah. Middle of the day is going to be rough. It's going to be, you're going to be swatting flies middle of the day, but there's going to be some birds around. There's some early teal, um, you know, there's some local birds. There's going to be some shooting going on, especially up in the, in the, you know, the bigger estuaries and stuff. And over on the east side, there's a bunch of local birds on potholes because there hasn't been any water. Anywhere there's water, you're going to have some birds. So there's going to be opportunity on some of those places. Well, and, and some of the, the nesting conditions this spring were some of the wettest that they've had with, with more acreage of lakes. So when they do come, it's going to be a great flight. And and we got a Yamaha powered sixteen foot smoker craft that we're going to uh, we're going to go we're going to go ducks around. we're going to be gnarly dudes in a, in a sled with a bunch of decoys. So there. So what do you do right now to get yeah. ready for the opener? Clean up the decoys, paint the decoys. Get, um, well, I'd be out scouting. I mean, get yeah. out there and try to find some birds. Mm-hmm. Figure out where they're going, where they're feeding, where they're going to water. Um, I have heard of a bunch of birds on the bayfront. Outside of the schedule. Check the tides. I haven't looked at the tides for the opener next weekend, but but definitely look at the tides. It's going to be a bayfront deal. It is. They're not going to be anywhere else. Because what makes those upriver areas, you know, attract puddlers in particular, are flooded fields. And you're not going to have that, obviously, with low water. So, And and the trick to hunting the flats is when that tide first starts going down and, and some of the fresh eelgrass shoots and other things become exposed. And to, now, But the trap is... You get out there and the tide goes out on you, you know, then, then you're you stuck. Better have a flood. lunch with Yeah, you, you. better have well, a lunch. you're you almost better there. off hunting the flood tide. For sure. So if you can get a yeah. flood in the morning pushing in, but even late in the day, if you can get a flood late in the day, those those birds are going to push on in, and then you can ride the tide up. Move. you got to move your decoys quite a bit. You're going to have to move them every so often to keep moving them up with the tide. But that's okay, and you don't need big spreads. And nice no, thing you about don't. early season, yeah. you're, small you're shooting on, on local birds. Yeah. So you don't need that big, huge spread. Put out a small spread with a spinner and maybe a, 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 a decoy on a jerk string. Make it look really lifelike with maybe a couple dozen deeks at the most. And and not all mallards. Yeah. You want Mix some, it up. You want some, you know, maybe some widgeon in there and definitely some teal. If you got mm-hmm. some teal deeks, because there's going to be a bunch of teal in here right now. I'd, I'd focus more on concealment than decoys. Yeah, I mean, you've sure. got to have a good blind. You but you've got to have some somewhere. motion. you got to have a jerk string sure. and yep. a spinner. And, uh, yeah, make it look lifelike. And you don't need that big spread with, with you know, six, seven, eight dozen deeks out there. You don't need that right now. Small that's, spreads that's, make it look real. That's coming, though. You know, later on, once we get in, yeah. we, we get into that flight and those birds have seen a bunch of, you know, guys shooting at them, you're going to have to run a bigger spread. But this time of the year, keep it little, mm-hmm. but get out there and scout. Find some birds to be on for the opener. Um, I, we're we're going to skip the opener. I'm going to wait till we actually get some weather before I go duck hunting. We're going deer hunting. What are got what's it going to look like for guys opening morning when it's 70 degrees and there's been no rain for us, you know, a month now. Get up early. And I'm talking early. Like set your alarm for 3 3:30 in the morning, get up there. I don't care how hard it is, get get your rear end up the hill in the dark. Mm-hmm. And if you got to go in there the night before, I used to hike in on Friday. And stay up on the hill. I'd sleep in a little pup tent. One time I slept underneath a tarp. I just rolled the tarp up and slept underneath that the night before. But you got to be on top of that ridge first thing in the morning. 
when it when it's going down because those deer are going to move maybe the first hour, maybe, and then it's done. And then it's over, and then you got to count on guys pushing them around. You know, so you want to get up on that glassing spot. Maybe see, you know you might see one moving. You know, moving to a bedding area or what whatnot for the day. They're going to get up early in the afternoon, one two o'clock, and go get some water or, or, or move a little bit and get back in the shade again. Well, the, they're always going to that that first morning bed is going to happen. You know, pretty early. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it, it's not even that sun's not even up, and, yeah. and they're headed to their bed. But if you can find them before they go to the bed, mm-hmm. and and you can get eyes on a buck, he's he he may give you an opportunity in his bed to get on him. Mm-hmm. But they usually go to a secondary bed within an hour or two. They're going to get up and they're going to move to a secondary bed, depending on where that sun that sun's going to start hitting them. They're mm-hmm. going to want to get up and move to another bed. Get so, out of the are sun. you looking? Are you looking for west slopes? Get the sun behind you because you don't want to be looking into it. So, or, or northern facing slopes where you got a combination of timber. Depends on the heat. I, w- yeah. I always I always get them on the south facing slopes first gotcha. thing. But if it's super hot, they're you're, they're going to go to the north side. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're going to be on the yeah. north side on that, and, and some of that more lush area in there where you can find. Again, there's not going to be much water, but there are some springs around. It's not totally dry. We've been through this before. Yeah, we've uh, Nelly, yeah. you and I oh, were yeah. over there one year. It was 82 <laughs> degrees on the open air. There's grasshoppers and yeah. like bees buzzing around, but, and hornets but, everywhere. But they were there. If they were have, there. If you have pressure in the area, um, yeah. Use that to your advantage. Great Stay point. put. Great Stay point. put. Don't move. Great Don't point. move. Yeah. Nope. Have let, some good let, optics. Let some guys come up yep. to the bottom and bump that mm-hmm. deer, and you'll get up, and maybe yep. you get an opportunity at them. Yep. If you don't have pressure, uh, I think you still eight, glass. By eight, by 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, if you haven't seen any deer and you don't have anything in, in the glass that you can sit and kind of watch and try to figure out, uh, get up and, and move to another area in glass and move slowly. You may bump something when you're in route to your next glassing spot. Be ready because these deer are going to be bedded down. They may jump up and you may get we, – we did it. We, we bumped we deer. We did. And, and they yeah. jump up and, and you might get lucky and get a shot. Firefight in the brush over there in Easter Washington. <laughs> yeah. But we got both of them. But, but, you know, last year, Joe, you and I went in early. We glassed for six hours Jeez. before we moved that, yeah. the, the day before the opener. And we literally, we only moved over into another little basin. We glassed for a couple hours. And then I went back to the other one, and I glassed the rest of the day. I was probably in that basin for eight to ten hours total yeah. that, that day before the but opener. We, but we saw deer. I we mean, did. we located some deer right away, some, big, some decent bucks. Big area. We're yeah, talking area. a huge area. And don't be afraid to glass two, three miles away. I mean, and pick stuff apart way across on the other side. And, and, and obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about mule deer here and, and, and more open country. For the west side mm-hmm. blacktail hunter, those woods are so freaking dry right now on this side. And you got not not many leaves are down, so, so your visibilities. This, this weekend, uh, the opener is your scouting weekend. Yeah, it kind of is. If you can find some sign, if you can find a bunch of doe tracks, just look for those tracks crossing those those cat cuts and those roads around those clear cuts. Find those tracks. You'll find some buck tracks in there, too. And then kind of back out of there. You don't want to push them. You don't want to bump them. But kind of wait for that last week of the season. It goes through the end of the month. It, goes, yeah, it yeah. closes on Halloween night there. The last three, four days of the season are your best chance to get a, a mature blacktail here on the west side. That's when they actually make a mistake. The rest of the time, they're nocturnal. If it's right. 70 degrees on the west side, they're not coming out. You'll never see them during the daylight. You're not going to see them at all. But if you see sign, back out a little bit, 
you know, you might keep kind of inter- interjecting yourself a little bit on these weekends here coming up till the end of the season. The last three, four days of the season is when you want to. Or be do what I do when it comes to blacktail. I don't hunt them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, hunt, I hunt mule deer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, what's the opposite of interject? I love That's what Joey does. Yeah. I love hunting. No, mule, mule deers. Deer. Well, yeah. and it, but seeing the, the places am- it takes you to. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the, the and 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 really. That's this whole hunting and fishing game that we really, the part of it we never talk about, are the places that the animals force you to go to seek them. You know, whether it's, whether it's you know, southeast Alaska or off the coast of Washington or, you know, and, and but, but, see, but the thing about open country, country, country hunting, like that you just mentioned, is, is you see more animals and, and seeing the animals charges you. Up. Gives you a little confidence. It too. does. Yeah, for sure. It it especially does. when you just sit in glass. You're yes. going to, you're, you're not just going to see deer. We saw a bear. Oh, that's right. right? Yeah. We saw that, we saw that the bear a couple that times. That cinnamon bear. Yeah. Um, yep. And then I I had a whole herd of elk come in yep. on me, like came right up the valley, mm-hmm. right to me. So you get to see all kinds of cool stuff, and you're in beautiful, amazing country in the mountains. You know, I that's what it is for me for mule deer. It takes you to those places. I I I can go to a briar patch and crawl around all the time. That's where <laughs> blacktail is going to be. Yeah, <laughs> I know the blackberry patch. Also, um, if you if you just absolutely have to catch a fish right now. There's some trout around. They're planting trout in the lakes oh, right good. now. I talked to Dave and, Johnson the other day. Of course, who's, good, who's chasing trout? Yeah. Dave Johnson. But great lake temperatures right now. Oh, it's perfect. Yes. And the weather's so yep. nice. There's no wind. You get out on the lake and enjoy enjoy your time in the lake. Dave just roped him, as usual, on, on a couple of the lakes over in his neck of the woods. Uh, Dave from Kitsap Marina. So if, if you want a, an updated report, give Dave a call over at Kitsap. Uh, he's always got his finger on the pulse of those trout. You can also jump on the WDFW website. And the catchable trout plant yep. page, you just Stocking jump in there and, and put your lake in and see what's been stocked in there. But they're starting to pump and, some trout into these lakes. And you still might catch a, a trout with a tag in it. And if mm-hmm. you do, yeah. the, the derby's still going on. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right through Halloween. Absolutely. And then, you know, if you're not ready to pull the tarp over the over the saltwater boat just yet, man, I, I'd get to the top end of Area 10, do, do the do the Edmonds-Kingston deal. You talk to some folks that have been, you know, still, it's, it's a first light, last light, tide change deal for these coho. But then, I mean, don't forget the fact that you have crabbing seven days a week now through the end of the year in, in eight and nine. So, you know, there's, there's still definitely, definitely stuff to do. Guys up in the north end, 8-1 is still open yep. through tomorrow. Oh, gotcha. For coho. Yeah. And, yeah, crabbing, winter crab, man. Mm-hmm. I, I actually had a buddy go get some crabs so uh he dropped a couple off to me last week so <laughs> i had fresh crab oh nice best way to do it no question better about than it. that so it's definitely time to get to the range head up to uh, machias today and tomorrow um the uh, seattle rifle and pistol association is holding their hunter sight in days they got range safety officers right there um that, that are there to help you these guys are firearms experts and safety experts they're going to get you dialed in that's the seattle rifle and pistol association srpa.org uh, for directions, but it's a little bit north of Snohomish, the Machias area. Definitely, definitely got to get to the range. So um, top of the next hour, we're, we've been working with, with Vortex Optics for quite a while. And I have learned so much from, from Mark Boardman, hanging out with him, you know, discussing how, I mean, well, he's he's the product experience manager for Vortex Optics, obviously. So he gets to use this stuff 
in a, in a variety of conditions, and he's been behind a lot of the innovations that that they've come out with. And one of the one of the coolest things is the combining of a rangefinder and binoculars with the Fury series, right? And and so we and we're all running those things. And you learn so much about the country by using a range finding binocular, particularly the scanning feature, because you're gonna you're gonna use that to give you landmarks to where you can actually shoot in your effective range. You know, in, in your practice with shooting, you know where your gun's going to hit it at, at certain yardages. Well, they're so much easier to use than a, than a small um, standalone rangefinder because good luck holding that thing steady at three, four, five hundred yards. Yeah. You, it's hard to keep that thing steady out there and get a really good read on it with the binocs. You put it right on it, hold down the button, and you and you can just scan around and see what the range is. When that caribou hunt, man, it came in handy. You know, throw the binos up, boom, three hundred yards. That rock right there is three hundred yards. They walked right up to it. Wham, we got both of them. We could have done it with a standalone rangefinder, but it's hard to keep that thing steady and keep it on target and get a really good read. So, yeah, anyway, a couple different ways to go there. No doubt. We're going to pop out of here for a quick break. Mark Boardman, Vortex Optics, joining us next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App.